This is the Memphis Real Estate Hour on KWAM. And now, here's your host, Dean Harris. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Memphis Real Estate Hour. I am your host, Dean Harris. I'm with Crestcore Realty over on beautiful Summer Avenue. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in today. You might be listening on AM 990 Memphis, FM 107.9, or you guys could be streaming the show at www.kwam990.com. The Memphis Real Estate Hour concentrates on investing in Memphis real estate. Uh, we'll focus on all the related topics. We'll also discuss um, local and national investment trends. As uh, We'll give you an inside look as what it takes to become an investor here in Memphis or what it takes to become a bigger and better investor here in Memphis. I remind you guys every single show that I'm an investor myself. So if you have that old home that you need to sell quickly, or if you know somebody that has that old home they need to sell quickly, just shoot me an email, dean at crestcore.com. I'll be happy to get you a response, get you probably a cash offer today on that. I've said this many times, I don't care what kind of shape it's in, what the condition is, or where it's located, uh, just give me a quick email and I'll be happy to give you a valuation or you know an actual offer on it today. Uh, guys, if you're tuning in on Facebook Live, um, we welcome you. It's a, it's a very good tool that we've been uh, using here over the last almost year. Um, so go to the show's Facebook page, The Memphis Real Estate Hour. You can see all the previous shows uh, that we've put on there, including last week's show where Dan and I discussed why investors might be selling property. Uh, today's show, I have got Wendy Greenlaw with Chandler Reports. And so, Wendy, welcome. Good morning. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Wendy Greenlaw's with Chandler Reports. If you haven't gone on to their website, it's ChandlerReports.com. And what I have learned over the last mm, two and a half years that you and I have connected um, is that this information is extremely valuable. It is really a telling sign of uh, not only just our residential real estate market that a lot of people focus on, and that's the main attraction, but in Memphis, uh, the last few quarters, we've been about 50-50 on investment deals and um, residential deals. So tell us what you got. What happened sure. in Q3 of this year? What Q3. Do you, yeah. the, the market kind of shifted in Q3. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to say, you know, it fell, but the number of units sold was down 6% uh, compared to Q3 of last year. And that's the first major decline we've seen in units sold, number of units sold. And that's with everything, investments and regular residential. Just everything. everything for sold. sale by owner, any residential property sale, condo, single family, mm -hmm. whatnot. Um, and then average prices, I feel, are kind of stabilizing a little bit. They were only at 4% from last year. Mm -hmm. So that's the first, I'm not going to say a major decline in, in number of units sold, but I'm, I'm thinking that the housing inventory is starting to have an effect on obviously pricing. Um, and then obviously the number of, of sales that we have. And as we go into, you know, the last quarter of the year, when things really slow down, it'll be interesting to see how we end up um, at the end of the year. And we can talk more about that. You think we're statement. plateauing from a price I standpoint? Do. I see that we are starting to level out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those new home sales prices, they kept getting higher and higher. Well, they were virtually unchanged from the Q3 of this year to last year. Mm. So that kind of tells us that maybe things are starting to stabilize a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then through the first nine months of this year, if we're looking at the overall year to date, um, home sales in the county number of units are just down 1%, so just down slightly. And those average prices are still up 7%. Okay. Um, so I think that we're going to hit another record high this year at the end of the year as far as average home sale prices go. We hit one in Q3. This was the highest. Uh, we hit almost 180 
for the under 80,000. Yeah. Mm. So that was another record high for a Q3 that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, new home permits were also way down in Q3, 22%. Why? That shocks me because of the demand for housing. The demand for housing is there, but I don't think there's anywhere left for people to build. I'm hearing people are trying to go out to the municipalities and kind of not begging for land, but kind of coming up with their own development plans and saying, we need to open up some lots and land in this area. Home sales are down in these different pockets. But So if you're a landowner, you're in good shape. <laughs> well, yeah, you could be in excellent shape. And then, we're, you know, we're seeing a lot of more um, mixed-use type projects coming about. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to going into next year to see what's going to happen with new home sales. Um, so of the home sales that we're recording Q3, we're, we're predicting over 35% were investor purchases. Okay, so, so when we look at the down. numbers, mm-hmm, it's down slightly. Mm-hmm. Still at roughly 50% of those were out-of-town buyers. 1% of those reside outside the U.S., which is... Pretty on average. Mm-hmm. Um, top zip codes with investor purchases, the usual suspects. We had Fraser, Westwood, uh, Raleigh, University, and Oak Haven Parkway Village, which is 38118. So when you say Westwood, you're 38109. 38109. Yeah. That's become that's, a hot area. That was number <laughs> two. It's funny how it's moved. Can you, can it, uh, maybe this is an after show question, but I wonder <laughs> if you can break down if it's, if the most of the activity has been west or east of Highway 61 or third. That I would have to research. You'd have to look at, yeah. Yeah, but um, I have a list of zip codes that are performing well this year, and that's one of them as far as the number mm. of units sold and average prices. So mm-hmm. we can talk more about that in the next segment as well. Okay. Um, top investor buyers, again, usual suspects, REI Nation, Mid-South Home Buyers, and Memphis um, Investment Rental Properties. And then top sellers, REI Nation, Mid-South Home Buyers, and Memphis Investment Properties. And one major shift, I, we, we mentioned it in Q2, and I saw it again in Q3, was the lack of hedge fund activity. So I think I saw about two sales in Q3. I saw zero in Q2. Mm. And another interesting fun fact is I'm now seeing hedge fund selling. Okay? So on the top seller report, number six is Sebaris, okay? which is CSMA, if you're looking at mm-hmm. the How many do they sell? 27. 27. In Q3, which is not a lot. But it's a sign that something's shifting. That's exactly And when right. I went to review them, they were selling them to other investors. And this is, if I remember correctly, this was a concern of yours from a, a standpoint of quality of neighborhood and, and keeping the neighborhood up. I think if I remember correctly, correct There's me a if I'm concern wrong. there, but the other concern is um, when they start selling from Wall Street, does that mean that we've reached the peak in our market? Are they predicting something there? Is that a sign of, hey... We've hit the high. Let's start selling off some and then keep it, you know, maybe or maybe they're just I, I, why are they not buying the six months of no activity is kind of what is glaring to me as, oh, they're putting a hold up. Why? And now why are they starting to sell off? Well, that's what I was going back to that interest rate question. You know, interest rates are going up. Cost of money is right. going up. You know, I think the sales is probably coming. They, they have so many analysts that they're constantly looking and like quote unquote, selling their dogs. I mean, they're, they're not going to stick with something that's not making them money. Right. They've but this got, is the first time we've ever seen them on that list. At all? Like, like at all to sell right. anything. Right. Well, to, at that level where mm-hmm. they're selling enough to get on the top seller report. Right. right. Yeah. So it's just something to keep an eye on. But yeah. And then the other thing is from the inventory standpoint, my concern is all these hedge funds and investors, again, own so much, doesn't go back to retail market with a realtor. So... No, not Does that typically. keep our inventory low? And inventory has been going up. I don't want to say that we don't have enough. I mean, we, I don't think we do have enough, but it's mm-hmm. still historically low. But, you know, if you go back through the, the Board of Realtors reports, it's been going up, you know, about 200 homes on average since January. Mm-hmm. So it is mm-hmm. creeping up. But I, I also, I'll be curious to see in the last quarter of the year, days on market, how long they're out there. I've looked at homes in my neighborhood that are for sale. I think they're way overpriced. I went out and looked at about 20 properties this weekend. I felt they were all 
overpriced. I'm starting to see people dropping price. So it's, I think people are having a tough time right now because we're in an unprecedented market as far as pricing. I think they're having trouble pricing properties. Everybody's and I going, think homeowners the are gold. Also, Well, then that's what homeowners are doing too. I'm sure yeah. they're pushing them into and saying, you know, I could get 250 for this one. No, you could probably get 210. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm seeing, I've seen some of that. Well, we have a neighbor that started at, you know, 480. And every week they're just dropping it. Right. To, you know, they got to go because they've already got to the next house. Right. They thought they were going to get a quick, you know, sale at a high price, at a high and, price a and then they happened because somebody's just saying, no, the market, I'm not going to pay more than what we feel it's worth. And but that's hurting them because those people that would have bought at the lower price might have now found something, found something else. else. That's so right. that's why I'm curious to see yep. days on market as we go yep. forward. And as I review those that are on the, the market, just to but, see how many keeps it's, decreasing. It's funny you said that because we learned that. They had somebody that was a backup, and by the time mm-hmm. they went to the backup, no, they're going to the next one. Right. And so oh, that they, they keep swindling themselves down. They're going to miss the boat, right? And from my perspective as a home buyer, like when I see that it's way over, it just turns me off to the whole thing. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I don't, I'll just go find something that's more reasonable. And some of them are not way overpriced, but I'm finding a lot are just way overpriced. Are the agents <laughs> being educated on this? I, I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's an agent issue or the homeowner. You know, if you talk, you're in real estate, you talk to homeowners, they think they can get, you know, X amount and they're going to push you to do that, even if the numbers don't come back at that. And I'm not getting that many calls. You know, in Q2, I got a ton of calls um, from agents um, saying, you know, I can't get an appraisal value on this property. I've got someone who will buy it at this price, but I can't get an appraisal. I personally called you for one. (laughs) Right. But I had a lot of realtors (laughs) calling me and I didn't really have any last quarter. So see that, man. That is a strong indication of what's going on because I had one over in Colonial Acres that didn't appraise. Right. Mm. It was when I was flipping and it, it was really low, like 14,000 low. Now, they adjusted. Right. And we were able to move work forward. out something. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like the initial thought of the appraiser was 14,5 lower than the sales price. Now, I, I think he just made a mistake because they, they had initially moved it back up 10 more thousand, but it was right. still 4,500 lower than the sales price. Wow. In a hot, Hot area. Yeah, I remember that one. I mean, Colonial Acres is hot, but yeah, that's good. All right, what else you got? Uh, so we have eight zip codes year to date that are having, I would say they're they're performing well. They have over 10% or higher um, increase in number of units sold, and they have high average sale price increases. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can go through those quickly. Sure. 38106, 38107, 38109, which is Westwood we just discussed, uh, 38112, um, three eight one two six, which is such a small zip code, it doesn't really matter, but it's a high investor uh, market. Fraser three eight one two seven, um, and then three eight one three nine out in Germantown. And repeat, in all of these, are they what? all have major increase in units and high increase in average price. So that to me would say it's performing well for this year. Mm-hmm. There's other strong areas like Midtown and uh, you know University area, but they're not you know those numbers are a little jaded because the schools are there. Yeah. The pricing is a little higher. The rent's a little higher. Right. Man. All right. So those, so those, those zip codes you just, that's kind of, those zip codes you mentioned to me are zip codes that I typically don't take investors to. Right. Well, 38109 you would, right? I do there, but 126 and 106, well, I typically don't. And 127, you don't do Frazier yeah, that we'll much? Do, yeah, Frazier will do, but yeah. the I 126 can't. and 106 is. Frazier prices are up 16% year to date. It's pretty wow. high. Well, last show it was like ten percent. <clears throat> yeah, so it's almost hit forty on average for the year. Wow, it's definitely moving up. And that's because, like I mentioned before, those investors are paying well above market value, and they're paying mm-hmm. cash. They're not getting a loan, and they're over. Yeah, 
overpaying for properties. Where do you see the, do you see any kind of move and you might not have this info, but in rental figures, is the rent numbers moving up or down? I receive a rental report every week and it's stagnant. And I think they said that Memphis has pretty much always been pretty even keel. That's what, that's what attracts investors here. Right. But if you look at like the West coast and stuff, like people out there are having to reduce their rents to be competitive where we don't have that kind of issue Mm -hmm. here in Memphis. So that's a strong point, you know, for if you're an investor listening out there, depending on where you're buying and what you're buying, it, it hasn't really mattered. Our, our rent is staying the same. It's something I've preached from what you've told me. I mean, you, Dan, you've been buying since 2000 mm-hmm. and you haven't seen, you know, huge, major fluctuations yeah. in price. Or 25 bucks. Price. <laughs> and that's it. You know, I mean, that's it. I mean, it goes up at like the, the 2008 to 11. We might have reduced 25, maybe 50 bucks in a couple of spots, but right. not. Nothing, nothing. You're not having to do anything drastic to attract no. a tenant. On the like three eight one two seven, do you have data that shows investor versus homeowner? And on average, yes. Like, what is an average homeowner? I, I think paying? it's like oh, an average homeowner's paying probably twenty five to thirty. I would 25 say twenty five to thirty, and then yeah. an investors pay an average of forty plus. Yeah, I mean, some investors are paying seventy thousand dollars for oh. homes in there. Oh yeah. I mean, and they're they're not. Bad properties. They've been renovated. They oh, look been, great. Yep. They've probably got tenants in their paying. It's just from an investor standpoint, they're not getting the return on the investment. It's someone who's paying more it, f- in line with the market. And this is an age old, you know, for years we've been talking about this, but I think what happens when they want to sell? Will an, another investor buy it at that 60 or 70? Probably. I mean, yeah, I, that's, and that's why I think the homeowner, the homeowner qu- equation is so critical in that, I think, because if an investor and you know, another investor won't buy it, what will a homeowner? Does that make sense? Like, yeah, but I think they'll be able neighborhood. to find an investor to buy it. You think so? I do. <laughs> yeah. Unless the market really, really tanks and goes. I'm selling south. investment houses over and over again. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, you know what I mean? From sure. One investor to another. Right. To another. I have several. I've sold You're part of the times. problem, Dean. Thank yeah, you. he's part yeah. of the. Yeah, that's right. People You're really crushing our inventory. But, uh, but that right. <laughs> yeah. Such a major impact. <laughs> yeah. I. I wonder, you know, Frazier's been one of those markets where we've just sat here and just watched balloon from a price standpoint. I mean, I remember when I five or six years ago when I first started doing investment stuff, it was you get some fifteen and twenty grand out there that yeah. was fairly livable. You know, you might have to do some stuff to it, but those houses are going for forty now. Mm-hmm. Is what you're telling us? Hmm. What's funny is, you know, I always, you know, I don't like to use absolutes, but I'm like, I never buy. I would never buy in three eight one zero six, and now people are buying. You're showing data that people yeah. are moving to 106. You know, there's stuff that's you sold I mean. a couple. I've sold they have a 23 percent increase year over. Uh, yeah. It's because yeah. that's where the houses are. Yeah, everything else is you know a huge portion of three at one two eight and one two seven and all that's been rehabbed and there's not much ch- right. churn yet. Mm-hmm. Now when the market crashes, some crazy is going to happen and then people are going to offload. Are that are they our big buyers that are buying there? Like our our Memphis Cash Flow and all these other guys that are the bigger buyers. I'd have to look at the figures and see yeah. who's buying there. Mm-hmm. That would that would be a. I don't think the hedge funds aren't buying there. The hedge funds are not. Of course, but they I would been say buying, no. They're so. not buying anything. Right. That's right. Yeah. Clearly, says they're shut down. That scares you too. I can tell on her face. That I know makes her like, nervous. I know she's all nervous. Like, what does that mean? It means That's I like, need to sell my house now. Not right. Sell it today. <laughs> so, yeah, from a stabilizing standpoint. And, and from the uh, the hedge funds, and I, I know you're fact driven, right? So I know you, <laughs> I know you don't want to go off on two opinions. Two, yeah, <laughs> I'll, pre- I'll make predictions. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I mean. Like I, I, I know I don't want to put you in bad spots, but 
What do you <laughs> dun, dun, dun. right? What do you see in the 2019 as far as investors, hedge funds, our overall market? Like, is there? Because I know y'all sat around at Chandler and and the daily, you know, Memphis Daily News, and you guys are just sipping coffee. Sipping yeah, we just coffee, sit around and talk about this all day. You know, mm-hmm. eating Get our crystal ball but, out. Yeah, yeah, and you guys rub it, and it's all of a sudden <laughs> a, a genie pops out of it and it tells you, but. For real, what do you guys look at from 2019? Because we're going to snap our fingers, and it's going to be December. And this I know. Why can't we just? Overwhelmed. Why can't we just talk about the rest of this year? Yeah. Well, because we you pretty Eminent. much we moved us, on. Yeah, I'm already we're, planning. We're planning you already for know? 19. Yes, I have been. All right. Yeah, I have been. So I'm trying to figure out, like, are we going to enter 2019? Because our goals, that you know, we we talk about our goals all the time, mm-hmm. and and they're doing nothing but getting higher and larger and and more expectations from everybody. And from, do you have your risk in there with an economic downturn or financial crisis or anything? Do you well, have you a, that's what we're waiting on you. Oh, I'm, I'm predicting yeah, that predicting now. That, yeah. oh. You are literally going <laughs> no to pressure. determine how we run our company. Yeah, oh, okay, right. great. So, great. I'll send you a bill for this later. And yeah, if I'm right, I want a little luck. A little more. Right. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, are we, you know, are we going to come into a brick wall here in 2019? Or is this... I don't think we are from a investment standpoint because of our I don't cash either. flow and because of our, I don't, to me, I don't think that's, I, I think it can dip, but I, I don't I think, think we're going to continue gonna... to see a slowdown, so to speak, as far as the number and volume of home sales. Is that from hedge funds that are staying out? You think that's what affects it the most? I think it's the retail market's going to affect it the most as far as, I think so many people are getting priced out of the market right now, and I don't see a slowdown in the pricing, to be honest. I mean, I think we might start to level off, but I I still think that it's going to be higher than than average or normal of what we've mm-hmm. seen in the past. Do you see any businesses closing, like any of the investment property management companies or stuff? Yeah, sellers or retail agents. Like with the inventory going down, I, I would think that, you know what I mean? Like brokerage firms? Brokerage firms, real estate no. agents. No. Everybody's figuring it out. Yeah, and I go out to a lot of offices and speak and train and stuff, and they're all having record banner record years. So I don't, I don't see that happening. Are they prepping for? Like, okay. are they prepping for something like different? they did back in two thousand seven? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I was in there, yeah. man. I'm telling you, that was. Um, I think everyone's trying to be realistic. I think everyone's excited that we're seeing this, you know, type of revenue numbers coming in. But I think everyone is a little cautious, more so because of what happened, you know, 10 years ago. I just get nervous when I see interest, not nervous, when I see interest rates start to creep up, that is a... What are we at? I don't even know. Are we still under, like... It's it's just just under five for a 30-year... Yeah, I just looked at that this weekend. That's moving up, though. No, I know. And like I said, you've got the higher prices. And if you do have interest rates going up, you're getting people out of this market. I mean, they just aren't going to be able to buy and they'll be able to rent and investors will have plenty of people to rent to. Well, and I also think that that rising rate is going to take investors that are on mortgages. They've got a large number of homes that might, might they start selling. They might have to. But don't they have a lower rate? Investor loans? No. Oh, I don't even know Investor what they're loans at. are higher rate. Depends on what they locked in. If it's Fannie Mae or, you know. If it's a 30-year fix, and they're fine. But, I mean, if they're on one of those three-year balloons. balloons oh, right. forget it. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have to get they'll out. They'll have to get out. Or foreclose or. Well, yeah. that's what I, that's what myself and a whole wolf pack of investors are sitting here not really waiting on. But I know I've got some investors that are buying now. But I've got, I know for a fact that there's some other guys sitting back in the cut waiting on. Another foreclosure yep. crisis. Mm-hmm. I think if we have another foreclosure issue in the city, it's going to be investors. 
don't think it's going to be homeowners, right? It's like which, standard which owner occupied. Which is good. I, I know that sounds weird to hear. I think it's awful, but I know you do, and that, yeah. that's. But that, why do you think it's awful? Uh, if investors are foreclosing on their properties, mm-hmm. even though they have the money to pay for them and sustain them, because sometimes uh, they leave them vacant, and then sometimes they they yeah. don't properly take care of it. It'll sit there for months until the bank finally takes it back, and then there's no one living. It just it deteriorates your neighborhood, and then the values go down again. But then we'll buy them and fix them up. Then again. we'll buy them and fix them up. That's what I, right. You buy them at a lower rate, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we're just we're start it over. Start just start over. It's a I don't, I don't, cycle, but I'm not sure. Yeah, this, it, it this makes is a me angry. Debate. It makes me angry when I see investors. When like, investor like forecloses on 30 properties, yet they're still making a lot of money in our community and they're still doing really well. That that kind of upsets me. Yeah, that's somebody behind from a desk a in a big city making standpoint. a decision from here. That's right. Well, because they have no no, um, they have. No but I made my money like just yeah. I, it reminds me of a story back in oh eight nine, like where we were just trying to hammer it out because it was it was a rough time, you know, and right. paying, paying our notes like we're supposed to, and we'd hear guys that that to your point, they were filing bankruptcy, right? Same type of stuff we had mm-hmm. filing bankruptcy, getting the judge to lower the value and lower the payment to the banks. Just because they were in distress, you know what I mean? Like, right. So I, I get it. That's that, working the system. That's working sure. the system. Yeah. And over here, we're all you know paying our notes and just trying to keep do it, doing the right doing the thing, right, trying to do the right thing, and right. just paying like you're supposed to, and knowing it's going to turn around and you'll be able to, yeah, know, get out. Long term, you'll be off, you, you'll be fine. But right. So I get what you're saying. I think that's you know we saw a lot of investors walk away from properties back then. In yeah. 2008, 2009. The good thing is, I will say from a uh, from a banking standpoint. There's not many banks that allow an investor just to own houses without professional management. Right. That's a that's a not shift now for sure. There's banks that we deal with that want us to be preferred provider for management because they know if they loan to you and they say, well, you can only use a you know preferred bank, and they only have one preferred. I mean, excuse me, preferred, preferred property, property manager, manager. Mm-hmm. and we're one of those. They know if you foreclose or you let the house go, at least. The rents are still coming. We got, or we can secure the. Ha- you know what I mean? Like there's, right. there's action that can be taken versus ten years ago. People would just, they just throw up their hands and they vanished. Well, and then or people would still be living there. The banks come knocking on the door to kick them out. They're like, "What do you mean? I'm what being mean? evicted. Right. What do you mean the house foreclosed? I just had someone in Nashville call me about that. His, yeah. his son got evicted. So the positive spin for our investors on this, and I, and is if that happens. The tenants aren't going anywhere. We've right. talked about that. There's just that. more opportunity for them so to get into the market at a lower for them, rate. For another investor to come in and buy that and get it occupied. It is it is sad. I, I hear what you're saying because, I mean, if you get into that community, then there's plenty of them in Cordova and Arlington. And there's areas where, you know, if there's 100 houses in the community, 40 of them are rental properties. Right. And if they're all probably owned by two companies. Mm-hmm. If one of those companies decides to file that bankruptcy for that certain, that's why I, I don't see a hedge fund doing. I really don't see a hedge fund doing. No, but I like see that. them selling off. I see them selling off, which they are selling off to other investors. I don't think they're going to have a problem selling off in this market. Do you? No, no. But like, if something tanks or something happens, if we may have, we'll have an issue. dollars house in Arlington or Cordova, or they bought it for 120, 130 and they want to get rid of it today for 90. I can get rid of it in 10 minutes. Right. Because the rents are so high, eleven, twelve, thirteen hundred dollar rentals. I mean, I could literally. There's people listening right now that if they knew they could get a thirteen hundred dollar rental for nine ninety grand, a hundred grand, they'd buy it today. Right. So I don't think. And, and and to your concern, I think that new investor would come in and 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 maintain, and try to keep up that area. Now, where I do get nervous is where some of these guys are building new construction communities only for rentals. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Now that could be a problem. I don't like that. I don't. I think I that's always, a, yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a terrible disaster. idea to buy in those because for that very reason, you got everyone that lives in that whole neighborhood has no ownership, right? But no don't, pride of ownership. But people want to own new homes, so why wouldn't they just sell them off to people that want to buy a new home? Well, because the condition of them might not oh, be it's as a renter. New, yeah, they've been there for three years. Yeah, but they they're paying a higher rate, so. Yeah, I can resell it to an investor. It'll be really tough to get those investment deal or investment properties over to a retail buyer because okay. they're going to come in there and they're going to see the, the condition knocked right. up and banged up from kids. You know, it's just yeah. But another investor will scoop it up. So I, that's what I'm concerned. Like the, the the one streets and the one communities that are all investment that they built, they're built for rent. I you think they'll the ta- you'll think they'll fold? Those at some will point? fold, I think, before before the other the communities established- that are mixed with homeowners and mixed with others. That's why I've never I've never advised a client to go into one of those communities. No, not when it's all, all. that. Think right. about think about, uh, and this is a duplex, so keep that in mind. But like Eastport, Wingate, all those off of Chuck. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody just built rows and rows of duplex. Anytime you think about just duplexes all on one street. It's terrible. It's it's not a good it's not a good move. Three one one eight has plenty but, of it. But I have a ton of duplexes I own, like where it's houses, 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 couple a duplex, duplex right. and then they're houses scattered. They're scattered. They're surrounded by people that there's ha- stability around stability, them. Mm-hmm. people that care. They're gonna call me when that tenant leaves an abandoned car. You know, like right. we're gonna hold people accountable more versus a whole street. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So if you do that with the whole community, you know, with new construction, mm-hmm. it's gonna be okay for a while. Mm-hmm. It's just over time that's gonna uh, what's it? Uh, that uh, it's it's starting to get better, but Northwood Hills up there off of Egypt one two eight Egypt Central. Do you know where that is? I don't. It's new construction, um, and back. <laughs> you know everything about this city, but if I, <laughs> I don't know where anything is, where it's at, where it's at. Don't ask me where don't it is. Ask you. Just tell me the zip code. <laughs> We're going to get a map out and just put it up here for you. Stick but, it up here for Wendy. It, it was new construction, but it tanked back in the oh eight and ten. So we bought a lot of houses back yes, in there. I do. I know the area you're speaking. I yeah. don't know where it is. I can't drive there right now. But yes, Rural Run, those streets like that. Mm-hmm. And so we bought a lot of houses, but we went through a rough, rough period in that subdivision because mm-hmm. it turned into all rentals, right? Versus all the homeowners had to flee. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. the builders were leaving. They're gone. <laughs> well, they were filing bankruptcy. And yeah, they, they were, were filing bankruptcy. And, so right, couldn't sustain it. There's houses that were halfway done. And so that would created kids that were setting fires. I mean, shooting. I mean, it was crazy for we a had while. A ba- we had a banker friend that said, man, once a week I get a guy come in here and brings me a Ziploc bag full of keys. I just dropped Wow. Because that many people were walking away. In 2008, nine. Yeah. yeah. They're done. They just couldn't afford the payments. Here. Gotta go. <laughs> here yeah. Go. Right. I'm out. That's sad. Well, Wendy Greenlaw, I appreciate you coming in here yeah, today. Thank you. This is always helpful information. It really gives our investors a clue of what's going on here, not just with the residential, I mean, with investment market, but with residential, which can influence one or the other. Thank you so much for Thank coming. Thank you. In. Guys, you go to channelreports.com and you can get all this information at your fingertips. And we really appreciate Wendy coming on. Thank you so much. All right, let's talk for the last few minutes here. Well, I don't think we're going to be able to cover, cover all of this, but let's just give a quick debate on the 30 year versus 15 year term. When you're thinking about this, Dan, what do you, you know, there's some, I mean, I can name the obvious advantages. You pay it off in half the time, but, um, um, what are some of the what are some of the I guess reasons or or why do one versus why the other? do one versus the other? Yeah, I mean, I think in this day and time, the last ten years, you know, most people that we interact with are doing thirty year notes. You know, bigger pockets talks a lot about thirty year notes. 
Because of the cash flow. The cash flow. You know, you can reinvest your cash flow to improve your property or buy more property. You know, um, you have higher interest expense, so your taxes are lower, which I, I, I don't really like that one as a... It's not that big of a savings. No. Uh, you know, you can pay more for a property, which I think that's... I, I struggle with that one. You know, yeah, like because that's you can talk like yourself into it. That's a sales pitch. Like, yeah. oh, wow, you can... I can afford this. I can afford this because I can put on a 30-year note and be okay. And that's advice coming from the seller. That's right. <laughs> right? Yep. That's advice coming from a seller that, hey, that 30-year loan or, or, or note is going to be way cheaper. You can afford an extra five grand. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, people try to argue for lack of a better word. I don't mean argue, but that, you know, your your cash flow and your appreciation increases your return over the long term, mm-hmm. you know, because you're putting that money back to work. Um, but, you know, I... I I know what you prefer. Yeah. I mean, and then you go back. So then let's talk about 15-year note because I know we only got a few minutes. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think for me, 15-year note is that's the right amount of time, that or less, mm-hmm. that you need to be in the lifetime of an asset to be paying a note. I mean, I just think that you get more than that. It's just a ton of think life. About, yeah. Think about year 23. How many roofs have you put on? <laughs> Oh yeah, you're on. You know second, what I mean? Like, yeah, and you're yet yeah, still paying still for the paying, home. Right. Like, I don't mind putting that third roof on, but if it's been paid off for ten years, and you've gone through ten, twelve tenants in twenty three years, maybe more, depending on what kind of asset you bought. I mean, you're tired. You're tired, you know? and I'm and I'm also, you know, I don't. The, the average, I'd love to know this, but the average age of our investor, I know, is not twenty five. So Mm-mm. a thirty year note. I mean, at some point, see, to me, and I, and I think you agree, the, the the end game in this is to pay the home off, mm-hmm. is to have that asset that's paid off if you need, you know, if later in life you have an emergency and you got 10 homes paid off, you, you know, there's some liquid cash there. Or if you just are looking for the cash flow coming in, I mean, that, you know, that's retirement for you. 30 years, I mean, golly, if you're 50, you're not seeing the end of that. It, the, the problem that I, the, that we always talk, we talk, I mean, we, we've, we've, Douglas and I specifically have had tons of debate about, you know, because you know, portfolio lenders want to come to us and just take all of our stuff, put on one node and yeah. put it on 30 year note and all that stuff. And it's like, Oh wow, we'd have all this cash flow and all that stuff. What we find is you end up spending it on, on exactly something. Right. It goes away some way, somehow, because your mind relaxes itself mm-hmm. and you end up, you know, being more lax with a tenant or putting more capital in a house that you, you know what I mean? Like it adjusts your whole adjusts business your, strategy yeah, and plan versus you're on a 15 your belt is like cinched. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you're cinched tight. You got to watch every penny. You're you're on a high alert. You know what I mean? Not from a just not like stress stress to the max or anything like that. But mm-hmm. just you're watching it. You're watching that store for sure. You know, and I just me, I have not seen a thirty year where that extra cash flow that actually actually shows back up in the in the bank account. Right. You you spend it on something. Yeah. Now I'm talking about when you have a thirty year note. Yeah. Some people have free and clear houses. This is a different story, but. We're just talking about 30 year versus 15 year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just, you know, for me, I've always tried to calculate things on a 15 year. And if it breaks even, then I'm okay with that purchase. Right. I put on a 15 year note, but you know, one thing that's different than us is we always try to do as little as possible money down, you know, no money down as, as, as much as possible. So it's a hard doing, feat. It's a hard, much, feat. much, much harder. This, this, this go around these, these last several years than it was back in, you know, 07 to 12, that was like an easy task. 
you know, so I'm, or even before, I'm sorry, even sure. before, because banks were just giving money like it was candy. Yep. You know, oh, no docs, no worries. You know, God, the days of that are gone. Thank goodness, though. I mean, as a practical person, I always wondered why. I was like, that just makes no sense. I just got started into real estate. I'd only been in it two or three years. I remember countrywide home loans. Oh, yeah. The rep would come in and Do say, they exist? Not anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So it's amazing that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac still exist for backing up all those loans, but countrywide doesn't. But yeah, so they would come in, and I remember 535 credit score, stated income, and $500 earnest money, and you could get that back at closing. Get it back? Yeah. Wow. 100% financing, stated income. And a 535 credit score could get you a loan to buy a $180,000 to $200,000 house. Can you believe that? It's crazy. We won't ever see. I know we're seeing some some rate loosening now and, and going up a little bit. But I don't think we're going to ever see that that type of buying program again. You'll see something that's a Similar, little looser. A but sister. It, a sister. <laughs> it's actually called something. If you've watched the uh, the movie... That talks about the crash. Mm-hmm. I forget the name. It at the very end of that movie, they name you know the movie, short. the Big Short, um, was the name of the movie. With the very end of it, they tell you that the government has renamed a program that's the, almost the same thing. They're just calling it something else. Mm-hmm. They're running the similar type of loans, and it's not as popular, right? But it can go down that same path. So I personally, if going back to the fifteen year and thirty, I'm you know I'm I'm refinancing a few of mine now mm-hmm. on a fifteen on a fifteen. Yeah. I'm not looking, and I'm forty, so I mean yeah. I'm right in that middle age of people that are buying, and and I'm not. I mean I don't want to do thirty. <laughs> I'm right. not, you know. I mean I'm seven years old. Hopefully you live that long, but I don't. You know how much can you enjoy after that? I want to get this thing done. And you're break even at that point, right? I am cash flowing very little. Yeah, but I don't care. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at it from a pay me now standpoint. I'm looking at it from a you know pay me later standpoint. Well, and I think that people get lost in. Now I'm talking about volume. One house, two houses, a different, different conversation. But if you have call it twenty houses, yeah. And you're paying, call it, I'm just doing math. I mean, 400 bucks a month payment, that's what, 8,000? Yep. You know, pretty quickly you're paying 4,000 a month in principal mm-hmm. on a 15. Mm-hmm. All right. So times 12, that's $48,000 you've basically invested into 401k. That's exactly right. Right? That's exactly how I look so at it. So what, what, what people get stuck with is like, man, I had to put, I mean, I've done this. I mean, back early on, you know, my wife could tell you, I mean, there's times where, you know, I'd write a $3,000 check to, to pay for uh, property taxes. Yeah. Well, if I paid $3,000 in taxes, but I made 48000 in equity, I'm still way ahead of way ahead. most people that I'm going to come in contact with that are investing and doing different stuff. Does that make sense? I, but it people, does to people, me. But we see people flip out. Lose their mind. Lose their mind. And want to sell. I buy this? And I try right. to tell them, like, you don't, you don't right. understand what you're doing. It's, right. You're putting into this, it's almost a savings account. I mean, you're putting That's, into this, you yeah. know, to pay this off. It's not necessarily, we talk about cash flow and because, and it is king here. Yeah. And there's two different ways to go about it. If you're a younger guy, you're 30 and you think, man, 30 years, I'll be 60. I can still, okay, that's, that's different. Yeah. My mom buys them. Well, she can't put them on 30 year notes. That would be pretty funny. Right. You know what I mean? Like, she'd be what, 100? Yeah. You go to the, no, she's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Rewind that tape 60, oh, 60, 90. Sorry. You better hope she ain't listening <laughs> to this. No, I mean, but, but she's not putting them on that. 
She's right. not putting them. I mean, you know, she's paid cash for solar, but she's going to finance. But she's going to. She's looking at a five year note. Sure. And that's really breaking even. That might be even losing Negative. a little. Yeah, oh, you're, you're sure. investing a hundred dollars a month into this, but she's not. I, I've talked with her enough to where she's looking at it in those terms of okay, I got to get this done. So it does depend on your age and your strategy of what to do. But I love the analogy of that you just that you just stated there on a fifteen year note. You're about pushing, and you think to yourself, "Oh my gosh, I got to write." A check for three grand for taxes, but mm-hmm. if you don't look at the whole picture, you're stuck on writing right, 3, three grand for taxes. That's right. You don't see that. Oh, you know, twenty houses. I put fifty grand into this yeah. this year. Okay, three grand in taxes. Yeah, that's 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 a, a big deal. And I think other piece that you know we only got a couple more minutes, but you know, for me, and it's a little bit of perception, but it's also reality. As far mm-hmm. as if you're on a fifteen year note and you're paying that four hundred dollar, you know, for like by you know just simple purposes. You know, five years down the road, you've got in that example several hundred thousand dollars in equity. That's exactly so. What right. is that bank thinking when you go to the bank to do another deal or another project or something else? Who looks better, you know, on quote unquote on paper? You do the, the, the short 15, term because mm-hmm. you got some equity. You got some, you know, you can put cross collateralized what they call it, where you could use that equity to be credit for another bigger deal, or you know what I mean? Like it gives you some choices. Gives you choices. The thirty yeah. year keeps you into that. That program. That's I mean, right. it, you, there's no real flexibility in the 30-year loan. And again, I think that it's a great debate. You know, I love having this conversation. I think mm-hmm. I think that's where, um, uh, you know, it's just, it, it all boils down to personal preference and what you're trying to do long-term. That's right. And you make the choice and run with it. I think, you know, that's, that's it, neither one of them's wrong. Neither one of them is wrong, but I will I will tell you I depending on your age and your goal That's true. of of what is more right. I mean, if you're 16, you want to put it on a 30 year because you just want the cash flow. Then okay, I, I guess I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. If you know the end goal is not to be 90 and enjoying a paid off house, right. but if you're 25 and 30 years old, which I've I'm talking with some new clients now that are 25 and they just got out of college and they're just wanting to get into mm-hmm. it. My advice to them is a married couple, get get your Fannie Mae like get 10 a piece. Mm-hmm. 30 year mortgages and go and then okay, so now you have that program set and then come in here and if you want to get some on some 5 and 10 and 15 year notes you can. I mean it. What's your average investor age would you say right now? 45? Mm, 45. That's what I was I mean, it seems like it's professionals kind of over a little hump, got some some equity. I'm hoping to get some of these younger folks in it though. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, Dan, for joining right, me today. I appreciate Wendy Greenlaw with Channel Reports coming in today. You guys go to the shows or the show's Facebook page for the. Sh- I'm gonna post it after we get out of here. It's the Memphis Real Estate Hour. You can also go to the website www.crestcorerealty.com for the investments of the week. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week at 8 a.m.